What's up, guys? It is day five, and today we're going to be looking at chapters 13 through 15, and I'm your host, Uncle Theo. I have a special guest here, Dustin, with me. Dustin, I had a listener, one of my good friends, Demario. He said, I can't say Uncle Theo, T.O. Theo anymore. He said, man, T.O. Theo, that's corny. And I'm like, man, I'm getting older, so I got to listen to the youth. But I got to pick on him. He didn't know T.O. meant uncle in Spanish. And so okay. when I told his wife that, she was like, oh, no, that's pretty cool. But he told me don't use it. I'm getting corny now, bro. It's okay. I'm getting to that age. It's okay. I got to start wearing windbreaker uh, suits now that whoosh, 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 when I walk, <laughs> get old school on it. But, man, I'm excited to get to the text with you here today. Let's look at Genesis 13. And we walked out of chapter 12 where... Abram leaves. He leaves the land because of a famine. And we talked about testing. And guess what he brings back? When verse 16, it says he brings back female servants, male servants, donkeys, and camels. And who's in those female servants, bro? You're about to find that out really soon. And it wraps up. And I, I didn't mention this last time. Pharaoh is struck with plagues. What does that go back to, bro? Our Genesis 3.15 promise, you will not mess with the seed. If you try to mess with the seed in any way, you activate God like no other. When God's seed is on the line, he comes down. And we see that in, in chapter 12. And now we're moving into chapter 13. We'll talk about Lot some. It says Abram went up from Egypt, so he's moving back into the land and we have to grab verse two. It says, now Abram was very rich in livestock and silver and gold. Bro, what's that? That's chapter 12 coming into fruition. He is becoming a blessed man. And we see the word coming into fruition. And they get so rich, it causes a problem. In verse eight, Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me nor between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brothers. It's not the whole land before you. Please separate from me. If to the left, then I'll go to the right. If to the right, then I'll go to the left. And it says, this is key, bro. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the valley of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere. Talk to me about that, bro. And I won't say that we can't choose the good things, but I will say, we need to be careful. We need to be very careful because look at the next verse. What was that land he chose? I'm just going to read it. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. He chose the beautiful land and it ended up being Sodom. That's a lesson there. You mentioned in, was it Genesis 3, where how Satan comes with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It's hard to get away from our senses, bro. Our senses control us. If we could see it, if we could smell it, we could taste it, we could touch it. If it starts to get on our pleasures and our desires and we want it, this is where we fall. And a lot of times those decisions end up being Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's a huge practical application for us today to just not be moved by the beauty that we see with our eyes because it could be a mirage, bro. And as soon as those vapors are gone, we're inside them. Let's continue. Let's look at the end of chapter 13. It says, 
Then Abram moved his tent and came and dwelt by the oaks of Mamre, which are in Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. Sacrifices are growing, bro. We saw Noah sacrifice when he got off the ark. And the intensity of this is picking up now. And Abram being faithful again, he's back to sacrifice and back to increasing his faith and trust in the Lord. And then 14, we hit it. We get a war, the war of the kings. And I won't name all of these kings, but we do need to talk about it because what did the kings take? Verse 12, they also took Lot, Abram's nephew, and his possessions and departed, for he was living in Sodom. And so let's just talk through that, bro. I think a few things are going on here. One, Abram's name is being mentioned among kings now. We got to catch that. So what is he developing into? Other nations are starting to recognize that, man, Abram is that guy. He's a blessed man. He's almost, you don't see the word, but he's moving like a king now. And it's just showing you how much God has blessed him and how much authority he has now and how the Abrahamic covenant is being fulfilled before our very eyes. And I think you mentioned this last time and we got to pick up on it. Man, Lot is an interesting character. Because we got to realize that Abraham and Sarah, they can't have kids. And so passing your lineage on was a big thing in this culture. And so if you couldn't do that, you got to get your next best option, which is who? Lot. For sure. So, bro, man, my professor told me this one time and it really stuck with me. If you think about how Abram was moving, bro, Lot was his backup plan. Man. <laughs> Lot was For his sure. backup plan, bro. Man. And you see how him coming to his aid and protecting him just shows how Abram's faith is being developed. We're going to see how he fails a lot of tests, but he passed a lot of tests as well. And so let's continue to look at the text. Is it anything else you see in chapter 14 that you want to mention? Is this the first time that Abraham's called a Hebrew? Man, that is a good observation. I think you may be right there. Let's just put it on the record and when our listeners can come and test us, us on it. Yeah, yeah, help us out. But that's really good, man. I appreciate that observation. And so they win this battle. Abram leads the charge. And let's talk about the end of this chapter. What happens? It says they return. Verse 18. We got to bring it up, man. We got to talk about it. And Mel Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now, he was a priest of God, most high. He blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God, most high, possessor of heaven and earth. This is powerful, bro, because the author of Hebrews grabs this and he waxes eloquent and beautiful theology based on this one situation right here. And it's so strategic how Moses puts this here. You don't know where this guy came from. You don't know where he's going. Eternality? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like he, you can make so many arguments off of this character, the way he's set up in, in redemptive history. And that's exactly what the author of Hebrews does. And he's a, not only a king, he's a king of what? Salem. Jerusalem. That already setting the stage for the coming king in Jerusalem, who we will find out is the seed. 
And so can you see how the author of Hebrews can make all of these arguments? In fact, not only that, Abram has to pay tithes to him. Not only that, bro, he teaches Abram theology. He says, no, you just don't serve God. You serve the most high God. So Abram is learning from this guy. Man, this guy, Melchizedek, is fire. Man, any takeaways from you regarding Melchizedek? Man, I mean, we digging it. I'm going to say it. Who's he remind you of? Man, you know who he reminds <laughs> us of. Man, the promised one. Yeah. Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And that's exactly what the author of Hebrews builds his argument on. And so let's continue into chapter 15. Look at, let's read verse two, the end of verse two. It says, now let's pick up with verse three. It says, and Abram said, since you have given no offspring to me, what he's do what is he doing? He's struggling, bro. He's struggling. They're getting up in age. They're childless. Abram is struggling. But look at what happens. Verse five. And he took him outside and said, now look towards the heaven and count the stars if you're able to count. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord mm. and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Praise the Lord. Gotta stop there, bro. Okay. Gotta stop. This is the definition of biblical faith. Bro, you believe God. I heard it put this way. Faith is you do nothing. God does everything. You believe him, you take him at his word, and he reckons that to your account as righteousness. You can use the fancy words, forensic righteousness, legal righteousness, whatever you want to use, whatever buckets you want to put this in. But let's bring it down to the everyday people, man. Trusting God, taking him at his word. This becomes the constitution of Israel. Like Israel now must be a people of faith, starting with Abraham, the father of it. Yeah. Any thoughts there, bro? Yeah, this is my favorite verse to use when I'm when we're in the streets doing evangelism. And people say that the people of the Old Testament as a group were saved by keeping the law. And that argument is faulty because it's never been about keeping the law. Law's always been there to show our need so for good. a Savior. And so, so how was Abraham saved? Man, he believed God. He had faith in God. And because he had faith in God, it was accounted to him as righteousness. Man, you spitting bars in front of us today because even the word Torah means to show, to teach. When yeah. we made it something that it was never supposed to be, and we'll hit that at the very first usage of that word when we get to Exodus. And then we move into verse 12, and we'll wrap up in the, here as we see the Abrahamic covenant come into life. It says, now the sun was going down and a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. God said to Abram, know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. Come on, Dustin. <laughs> Prophesying to him already while he's entering into a covenant with him? This is the type of God we, we serve. And this is the miraculous nature of the scriptures where you see this here. And let's continue talking. He says, I'm going to grab some more. Man, I just had to read this on out. This is powerful. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve. And afterwards, they will come out with many possessions. By the way, they build his tabernacle with those possessions. Come on, God. 
For as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You will be buried at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here. For the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Man, it's so much here, Dustin. Like, God is, okay, God is supernatural, right? But he also works in the natural. And so he says, look, I'm going to do this on a timetable, but I have something has to work in the Amorites. Their iniquity has to be complete, mm -hmm. meaning it needs to get to that Genesis 6 statement, like where they, their thoughts are evil continuously and they're working up iniquity to the point where it's complete, where mm -hmm. this judgment can take place. Isn't that fire, bro? How God is just, I'm going to take care of my people in Israel and I'm working this with the Amorites all the way over here that you have nothing to do with right now. And then it's going to all come to fruition at its exact perfect fulfilled time at the appropriate time. Isn't that powerful? No, absolutely. It's, a, it's an interesting statement. It says that the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. God has perfect timing. Man. Like he's, he knows what he's doing. A lot of times I think that we get impatient with God, Yeah, but God's right on time. And let's wrap it up. And it, it came about when the sun had set that it was very dark. And behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a flame which passed between the pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, here it is, the three again, that your descendants, that's another word for seed. I have given this what? Land. We got land. And so let's just talk through that, bro. Why is Abraham sleep? We talked about this before. In ancient Near Eastern culture, anytime you made a covenant, what you would do was you would cut an animal in half. You have the blood there. And what they were say is, what happened to this animal, may it happen to us if we break this covenant, right? And two people enter into that. But Abram is what? He's sleep, bro. Man. So God is saying, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to fulfill this promise and I'll do it all, bro. And that's the nature of a unilateral covenant. We'll get some different language in Exodus where blood is sprinkled on the people and they're buying in. They're saying, all this we will do. Mm -hmm. See, they're buying in on that one. But this one, Abraham, he's snoring, bro. <laughs> he knocked out. He's asleep. And this is the good guy we have. And so let's wrap it up, man, with application. Abraham and covenant. Abram defending Lot, God protecting the seed. Give me something, bro. We gonna land on God's character again. We yeah. gotta beat the same drum, like, man. Come on. Like God, I'm having trouble not landing on His character <laughs> if He's faithful. Yeah. Man, even what we learned today that what we have, He doubted God. Yeah. Abraham doubted God. God says, "I got you." And then we're gonna see coming up that come alive in the next few chapters tomorrow. No, for sure, man. And I think. Uh, I heard it put this way by my good friend. Faith is us demonstrating that we need God more than what we need. We think we need our physiological need met. What is it? Food, water, shelter, affection. If you're getting into Maslow hierarchy of needs and all that stuff. But bro, we need God more than what we need. Yeah. His so character and bro, remember. What looks beautiful, and this especially hits home in America, the, the the land of the great, the land of opportunity in the American dream, where 
you can get your house and your, what is it, 1.5 kids. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they get the 0.5. But in this land, bro, where everything looks beautiful, we got sin at our fingertips. You can go to the convenience store right now and get 30 options of sin. You can pick up your cell phone, bro, and have sin at your disposal. Everything's looking good. And it ends up being Sodom, bro. And let's choose God. What you got, man? Man, no, I think you said it all, man. Let's wrap up there, man. We'll catch you all next time. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll move on to day six, chapter 16 through 18. Y'all yeah. take care. Peace.